Welcome to Recipe to Success, the show where we sit down with entrepreneurs from all different backgrounds to learn more about their journey to success. My name is Hamza Zahoor, CEO and founder of Social Awaken. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to another episode of Recipe to Success. Today, I'm really excited. We're joined by the man of the moment, as I like to say, Abid from Sunnah Mosque. Abid, how's it going? You alright? Alhamdulillah bro, how are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good, thank you. Thank you for coming on. Um, it's a pleasure bro. Honestly, I'm really excited about this one just because um, I think a lot of people will be very interested in your story. Yeah. But also, you've gone viral. So, um, it's literally, <laughs> yeah. literally very yeah, exciting. Yeah, it's, it's been quite a mad week, to be honest. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> so, for those people that um, don't know who you are, yep. or haven't seen you on Instagram, why don't you give them a little bit of an introduction? So, obviously, my name is Abid, Kazi Abid Rahman. Um, I'm the CEO of Sunnah Musk, which is a luxury fragrance brand based in London. Um, we started off 10 years ago, and Alhamdulillah, we've got eight stores across the UK now. Um, and yeah, we, we, I mean, we we do a few bit things, a things on the side. My brother's into aviation, and I'm into my car. So yeah, we, we do a little bit. But the main thing is obviously Sunnah Mask, and Alhamdulillah, it's got us to where we are today. Mm-hmm. It's actually where we are based right now in the, in the yes, head office. Yes, we're in the head office. <laughs> <laughs> so um, obviously, you know, that's your main kind of focus. Yeah. Um, I think some people may actually know you recently because of your personal brand, your Instagram. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's interesting because quarantine has been very difficult um, for most people but there's also positives and I think you found the positive yeah Um, so what would you say um, was the reason you you kind of pushed the personal brand from your end Um, I I think um, I'm I'm an Instagram person I like Instagram I like taking pictures I like taking videos I like taking content so I've always been into that but when the lockdown happened um, we obviously realized it's a good opportunity because everyone's at home they don't have anything to do um, if you push out good content, it's a good time to get your content out there and get that exposure. So I just saw that opportunity and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to push hard on my personal brand because I always wanted to get my personal milestone, which was 10K. So mm-hmm. I thought this would be a good time to push towards that. Um, and I get to a lot of, like, I get up to a lot of interesting stuff all the time, like, you know, just traveling to different places, doing business stuff, all that, holidays. So I think I got a lot of good content to share. So, yeah, I mean, lockdown and the whole situation, although it's a, it's a very kind of difficult situation for a lot of us, for me, it's been, it's been quite interesting. It's been quite fun, actually, to be honest, to try and just adapt to the whole situation and the fact that both of our accounts, Sunomas account blew up, my one kind of blew up as well. I'm almost hitting 10K now, so that was quite a big jump for me. So, yeah, it was, it, it's been an interesting time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think um, obviously it's been obviously difficult for a lot of people, you know, staying at home and stuff yeah. like that. But I think um, for me, one of the biggest skills that you can have in business is being having the ability to adapt to different situations. Yeah. Um, and not only did you do that with the brand Sunnah Mask because yeah. you launched the hand sanitizer, yeah. but you've done that with your personal brand, yeah. which has now grown and yeah. you've done so many things. And then on top of that, it was Ramadan as well. Yeah. So you really made the most of it. So. Um, how did the hand sanitizer idea come about? So um, I think it was m- right in the beginning um, when kind of COVID came to surface and we heard that obviously things are going to go worse and, you know, we might even to go into a potential lockdown. And we obviously realised that hand sanitizer becoming quickly the, the latest big thing. So we thought as a business, we need to survive as well. But at the same time, we want a bit of exposure as well. So we, me and my brother were sitting down, Shafiq, we we were sitting down one day in my house and we were just thinking, what can we come up with right now 
that could be kind of relevant to this situation. We can make a bit of money from it and we can get some exposure out of it. So um, we came up with the idea of making a hand sanitizer, but with a Sonomask signature fragrance. Um, but initially it was very difficult because to make a hand sanitizer, we've never made it before. So we didn't know how, where to get it so quickly, especially with the demand. It, it, it's difficult to find suppliers because everyone, everyone's ordering hand sanitizers. So we were thinking, how do we make a hand sanitizer? We contacted a few companies and obviously everyone was like, no, it's impossible. You, you ain't going to get any hand sanitizer now because all the big companies are buying it. So what we did was we contacted our our supplier that makes our fragrances and we said, look, can you adapt to the situation and can you make a hand sanitizer for us? And he basically said, yeah, why not? So we actually went and made that product within a, I think within a week, I think we made it. And we put it up online and it totally blew. Like everyone was ordering. I think that, I don't know if you followed it. Um, when we first launched it, we had like a backlog of orders. Yeah, we yeah. had to stay in this office over 24 hours yeah, just trying that. to get these orders out and prepared and get, the, and get these orders out. And I think that in itself gave us not only did we, because initially when we launched it, we, we sold it as a non-profit product. So we wanted to just help out the comedians, you know, do our bit to try and support people for them to stay hygienic. So we said, we'll just sell it for £5 as a non-profit product. And it totally blew. And after that, you know, we thought, you know what, we've done our bit. So we, we made it a normal product and we basically took it to £7. And again, we, we continued doing well and it was really good. Like we, we got a lot of, lot of exposure out of it. And um, the product itself is amazing. Like everyone that smells, they're like, how do you make a hand sanitizer that smells so good? Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was really good, man. Mm-hmm. That's great. So obviously, you know, over the years you've um, built the brand and that's why it's quite easy for you now to just drop a product randomly yeah. and yeah. people will then give you their feedback and, and it will do its own kind of journey. But um how did it all begin? Let's go a little bit back. Um, what's so it, about 10 Sunomask, years now? Yeah, yeah Sunomask. Sunomask. So Sunomask actually started in 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, um, we started off very small. Um, we started off with only a £600 investment um, between five brothers. Um, my brother Shafiq, he was the one who actually initially started, kick-started the business because at that time he lost his uh, job in London City Airport. He got, he got made redundant, so mm-hmm. he, he didn't have nothing to do. So uh, we was always passionate about fragrances. And my elder brother, who used to live in Egypt, he had this huge, sick collection of uh, fragrances. Um, and we always wanted to do something in fragrances. So that was a good opportunity for my brother to start it. So, um, yeah, he just literally sent those fragrances over and we literally started selling it on the street um, anywhere we could like outside the mosque outside Jumma wow. um, and then we kind of went on to selling it at Whitechapel Market we got, a, we got a stall at Whitechapel Market and I think that's where we kind of recognised the potential of the brand because uh, when we went to Whitechapel Market we were paying like £20 rent a day and we were making like loads of money like five, six hundred pounds a day and we were like whoa mm-hmm. this is like we did not expect it. we probably thought we were going to make like £50 or £100 a day when we were making such big amounts, we were like, wow, this is sick. And then it kind of went on from there. We, we, we um, in the winter, it got really cold in Whitechapel Market. So we, we thought, um, where can we go and be inside like a, a closed area? So um, we found a Ilford Shopping Centre 
and that's where we kind of first started our journey inside shopping centers and i think being in whitechapel market it gave us <coughs> it gave us an insight that you, if you want to be somewhere it has to be high footfall so we kind of kind of replicated that all along so we didn't want to kind of make a shop and then kind of invite people over to the shop we wanted to go where the customers were so hence why we went watch for market and then we went to Ilford shopping center and when we went to Ilford shopping center the rent was like 900 pound a week and we were like what like this is this is mad this is crazy like we're probably not going to be able to afford it but let's see what happens even if we just break even and just cover the cost we'll be all right like let's see what happens but again when we weren't there surprisingly alhamdulillah by the grace of allah we we did, we did really well and then that, that's kind of where it, the, the journey started and after that couple of years on um we found westfield stratford again it was a big leap for us because going into westfield from a market store or a small like kind of stall in ilford shopping center it was a big move for us because now you're talking about rent deposits and talking about talking Europe's about, largest shopping center. You know, Europe's largest shopping center, the kiosk itself is going to cost 50 to 100,000 pounds. So bear in mind we ain't got the money for that. Like we're literally going as it goes along. So we're thinking all right, look, we'll ask friends and family to help us out. Maybe they can borrow us a bit of money and we'll we'll try and make it happen. We we can't miss this opportunity because when an opportunity like that comes, it don't come like it don't come again. Mm-hmm. Being in Westfield basically transformed our brand you know without westfield we wouldn't have come this far so that move that that my brother identified and took took that leap of faith that has actually transformed the brand it made us from a a, a stall into an actual recognized you know valued brand so again this is just, just goes to show that when you find an opportunity sometimes you just got to make it happen like you might not necessarily have the funds there or it might look very difficult but the point is if you think that it's going to work and if you have that faith that it's going to work then you should make it happen so that's what we did we went into westfield again alhamdulillah it went really well for us and over the years we grew so we opened our flagship store in 2013 and then we opened a couple of more sites around the around london in shopping centers and then we opened a shop in west london and alhamdulillah in 2019 which was last year it was a great year for us because we we started on four stores but we had a target by the end of the year we want to have eight stores and we achieved that within a year so and, and bear in mind these are obviously not franchises or anything these are all our own sites so alhamdulillah last year was was very very good and we were keeping busy and we, we had a lot of exciting things that happened and we thought by the end of 2019 all right like last year was really good it was sick so 2020 we're gonna kill it absolutely smash it so we had our plans and everything in place but obviously you know god has other plans for us so mm-hmm. that kind of all changed now and the whole kind of moving forward i think it will be very different but mm-hmm. yeah that's that that's kind of like the story mm-hmm. in brief to what happened amazing so let's kind of go back a little bit because um uh, obviously you tried to i'm sure summarize the story a little yeah. bit um but Let's go back to when the idea first came about. Yeah. So you're, you and your brothers, you've got this idea, yeah. you, you're interested in fragrances and yeah. you think, okay, let's try this. But going from an idea to actually executing it is, I'm sure, yeah. a journey in itself. Yeah, of course. So how did you kind of learn all of that as brothers, like just um, actually launching the product? To be honest, I think, again, um, it goes down to a little bit of experience. So 
my brother, the second brother of Lord Farhman, he, he had a lot of experience with fragrance itself. So I think the main thing here, or well, at least one of the main things here, is your actual product. If your product isn't good, mm-hmm. then it doesn't matter how much marketing you have or how big of a shop you have or whatever you have, it's not going to make a difference. Your main core product has to be good. So Alhamdulillah, from the beginning, we had that right. Like our products, products were solid from the beginning. Like the Golden Dust, mm-hmm. that, was one of the, that was our first product and it's to this day still our top seller. So later. ten years down the line, it's still like, so. Can you imagine? So th- that product, it, it's kind of made us who we are. Um, so the products were there, and in terms of from a, from a business point of view, um, basically what it was, all of us kind of brought something to the table. That's what was amazing about about our journey and about our success. So my older brother, um, obviously, he helped financially, and he was kind of like the wise guy giving us advice and everything second brother he had the fragrances so he brought in the actual collection of the fragrances my third brother Shafiq who kind of uh, kick-started the business he had um, a lot of business knowledge so he had a couple of businesses that he tried to start up um, but obviously they didn't go that well so he he had a couple of failures which he which he was able to learn from so that helped us uh, with Sunamas so then he took those lessons and kind of adapted it to, to Sunamas so in that sense, he had a lot of experience with business, so that, that helped a lot. My fourth brother, Ashik, he, he's a salesman, so he's very talkative, he's very loud. So initially when we started selling at the stores and stuff, so he came up with the kind of, like, the kind of ways to approach people, what to say, what kind of offers. So he, he came up with that kind of sales background, so that, that helped a lot. And myself, I've always... Um, from a very young age, I've been into like media, graphics design, uh, videography. So when I was a little kid, when I was 12, 13, um, I used to like do freelance graphics design. I used to do that at home. So the initial kind of um, graphics design, the logo, the branding, the website, everything, I made that by myself. Wow. Well, so that was, again, that was my kind of value to, to what I brought to the table. So I guess that like everyone kind of had their own input. Um, and yeah that, that i think that that kind of played a very big part to why we were kind of doing quite well as, as such a small mm-hmm. um startup it's interesting because um a lot of you know young people nowadays when they think of starting a business yeah they feel like um they always make excuses so they say you know i don't have investment yeah. i don't have this much money yeah. and stuff like that but in in retrospect 600 pounds is not a huge amount of money of it's not. and you started a whole empire yeah. with it yeah um, so do you actually remember initially where that £600 started? Was it just the products or...? No, so £600 is the initial money that we put in mm-hmm. to buy the products. Mm-hmm. So we put in what? Something like £150 each approximately. And we basically brought a load of goods from Egypt, imported it and we started the business. And ever since then, Alhamdulillah, it's been all, all the expansion has been from our own revenue. Um, obviously we've had family members help out here and there but mainly it's been an organic growth so that's what's that's what's amazing and and again uh, me personally i think it's a lot to do with my parents dies my mum's my dies my father's dies and of course the grace of allah like of can, nothing happens without without mm-hmm. his blessings 100 percent. so i think you know for me as well from my perspective i think um when you go into business, um, sometimes when you initially start or you think of an idea, yeah. you always think, okay, you know, I'll be able to do everything myself. Yeah. Um, but the beauty of this story is that 
not only was did you have business partners, but you had your brothers, a yeah. part of the business. Yeah. Um, which obviously has its own challenges, yeah. um, working with family and yeah. things like that. So what would you advise anyone that is thinking of actually starting a business with family, yeah. knowing the the, yeah. the the kind of advantages and disadvantages? Yeah. I, I think it's about knowing your, if it's with, say, for example, if it's with your brother, it's about knowing your brother. It's about knowing how each and every one of them work. Like every, every one of my brothers are different and you have to deal with them in different ways. So... I think it's about being versatile in that sense and and understanding who's good at what. It's not about just kind of like, we need to do this and everyone kind of does it equally. That's not what it's about. It's about finding the the strengths in each person and using that to your advantage. So I might be good at something that my brother's not good at. He might be good at something that I'm not good at. So it's about using that to your advantage and kind of just doing that. But I think, alhamdulillah, for us, it's not been an issue because... I think my brothers are very understanding and we get along really well. So, um, and we're very respectful towards each other. We don't, alhamdulillah, we try not to have any kind of arguments or fights or anything like that. We try and keep it cool. So in that sense, it's been a smooth sail so far. You have your ups and downs here and there, that's inevitable. But alhamdulillah, we've, we've come far and I, I think doing business, a lot of people say, you know, don't do business with family, you know, you're gonna have a fight. This, that's not the case, you know. If you do, if you if you do it with the right people and uh, and as long as they're level-headed, I don't see an issue with doing business with family at all. Mm-hmm. Great. So, you mentioned earlier um, that you know you had big plans based on 2019. You had big plans in 2020. Yeah. Um, and obviously things yeah. have kind of changed now. Yeah. So as a business, um, how do you adapt to the economy? Obviously, it's very uncertain still. Yeah. But what are your thoughts now? To be honest, it's, it's a very, very, very interesting. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm very intrigued by how all of this is going to pan out because I want to know what's going to happen. But as a business and as an entrepreneur, initially, I was very scared. I'll be honest with you. I was very scared. I was thinking, oh my God, what's going to happen? Like, all the shops are closed. What are we going to do with staff? What are we going to do with wages? What are we going to do with rent? All of that kind of stuff. We were very scared. But as things progressed, and obviously, thanks to the government, they've helped us out a lot in terms of, you know, furloughed staff and all that. It's lifted a, a very big burden from us. Uh, in terms of landlords and stuff, uh, we still have to pay the rent, but they've kind of said that, pay it pay after or something like that so everyone's kind of been quite understanding in that sense but in terms of from an actual business point of view it's very interesting i'll tell you why because before this happened we had a website but our retail was our focus like we we were retail heavy like most probably 98 percent of our sales came from retail stores and probably a minimal negligible amount came from online sales we were looking to grow out online but we weren't giving a hundred percent focus onto it, but when this situation happened, you have to rely on online because there's nothing else you can do. Do you know what I mean? Uh, all the stores are closed, so it kind of forced us in a way to focus online, and that has made us realize the potential that we're missing out on online. And maybe it's even changed my vision a little bit. Like I would want to focus online more now. And maybe in the future, cinema stores can become, you know, experienced stores that people come in and try the fragrance and they can buy it there. But we have a huge potential online. There is kind of no one in that space, Arabian fragrance space, that's doing big online. So Alhamdulillah, we have that advantage. And I think we're going to take that to the next stage. We want to revolutionize the way people buy fragrances online. 
we want to have the best website out there like even com- in comparison with the biggest brands out there we want to have the best website so i think moving forward um i think ramadan has been great for us like online sales alhamdulillah we've smashed our target and you know it's made us realize that we can do it we we first in our head put a figure to ramadan we're like can we achieve this we're like maybe not but we worked hard and we made it happen so it, it goes to prove that if you work towards a target and a goal you can make it happen so i think yeah moving forward online is going to be a big thing for us we're definitely going to push it within the uk and internationally we're, we're going to go ham online mm-hmm. i think um this time has actually exposed a lot of businesses as well because yeah. um if you look at for example primark they don't have an yeah. online store yeah. and now they're literally suffering because yeah. you know they can't get business until they open their stores again yeah. um so it's definitely shaken the world a little bit um but i think with fragrance obviously it's one of those things you do want to smell yeah it's, a, it's a little bit difficult you'll always have that trouble because people want to smell that fragrance without mm-hmm. smelling you would never know what you're buying yeah with clothing and stuff you can see it with any accessory you can read about it you can see you don't have to but with fragrance is a thing you have to smell it um unless obviously someone recommends it to you or something like that so we're working around all of these things and uh, and that's a big kind of hurdle that we have to overcome in terms of sampling because we want to be able to provide that same service to someone that's in Scotland and to someone that's here do you know what i mean so they should be able to smell the fragrances and get the samples within a matter of days and be able to make a purchase so that's what we're working towards at the moment and um just really making a very very good website like we bear in mind we've we've just relaunched our website it's been about 3 months since we i think it's about 3 sorry about 6 months since we launched the website and we're going to completely scrap that and remake it we've invested a lot of money in the old website don't get me wrong it's a beautiful website it does the job it's done the job but we just want to invest and take it to the next level now so basically just want to keep growing and yeah because good is never good enough you have to be better mm-hmm. i think one of the things that um you know i think once you kind of put yourself out there like you as a person you've got your personal brand now you can feel that abid is a very positive person yeah and um even during coronavirus i think you obviously made the most of it yeah. but you didn't seem negative at any point no. yeah. um so how do you stay positive being a ceo like <laughs> with all the hardships that come along um i think generally um i'm a, i'm quite a happy person in general and i like to stay positive i, I can i can't be around negative people i'll be honest with you like all my friends that i have alhamdulillah they're all very positive people there and i think that that plays a big part it helps a lot because all the people that you're around that you talk to if they're all on the same page as you they're all energetic they're all happy then you'd be happy as well but i think i'm i always try and look at the positive th- side of things like what are you going to do by looking at the negative side of things it's not going to help you in any way it's not going to it's not going to make the coronavirus go away by you being sad and by you staying at home and by you being you know depressed that's not going to help anything if if anything you doing something you making a difference you making a change like you you coming up with something will make a difference so and and you can only do that if you're if you're in the right state of mind and if you're happy and if you're kind of positive yeah i think obviously the the, the thing is we're still in lockdown Yeah obviously we're trying to follow the rules yeah. and stuff yeah. but um, <laughs> <laughs> but um I think one of the things that I was talking about on my Instagram uh, when lockdown first started was that when this finishes yeah. um it it's probably going to be a time where people actually miss it like they yeah. regret like yeah. oh wow like we I were, had 2 three months to do literally yeah. all those things that I always make excuses yeah. for not doing we we were actually talking about this me and my brother 
we're actually going to miss this period because it yeah. was such a different time. It almost felt like a movie. Like, I've never experienced something like this. I, I don't think any of us have. Yeah. But, like, just seeing London completely empty, that in itself was like, wow, that's, like, that's crazy. So I think it's definitely a time where it brought some of us together. Like, me and my brother, I feel like we're definitely closer now because of this situation and how we've been close, closely working together. It's made us closer in that sense. Um, this Ramadan... The people that we work with, like for example, the people that work in our warehouse, um, some of them are my friends. So we've kind of stayed together. We've we've stayed closer. So the people that we work together, we've chilled together. We've had iftar together. And, you know, we're kind of quarantining together because we have to be with them for work anyway. So um, we've had some good times now. We've had some good times. It's, it's almost been quite relaxed at the same time because obviously you go, you can work from home. You don't have to come to the office. Like it's been quite flexible and relaxed. So in that sense, it's yeah. I think it's it's almost like a small holiday for some people, and especially for the people that are on furlough. Like some mm-hmm. of our staff members, they're completely chilling at home and they're getting paid. So yeah. that's like a lot of people might miss that. Like they just literally have nothing to do. I think because um, you know I'm like this, and I'm, I'm definitely sure you're like this. Is that our lives are so hectic and yeah. so busy that we don't stop at yeah. all. Yeah. So it's a time where almost like we've been forced yeah. to like slow our lives down a little bit, yeah. which is what well, I think one of the reasons why we may miss it. But um, let's um, change the kind of topic yeah. a little bit now. Obviously, we've discussed on the mask, and yeah. I think people will get a lot of value out of your story. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure people are interested in seeing, you know, if they do follow you or they've seen your Instagram. Yeah. Um, as we mentioned before, you're the man of the moment right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, so recently your brother yeah. um, was fortunate enough yeah. to do the azan in uh, Canary yeah, Wolf. That's right, yeah. Um, I'm sure there's loads of people wondering, because for those of you that haven't seen it, Abid is almost about to hit 10k Instagram followers, but the video organically hit over 500,000 views, which is yeah. literally the definition and of value. that on Twitter, I got 650k. There you go. On TikTok, I got almost 200k. So, almost, so combined, over a million, almost a million, basically. Yeah, almost a million organic. Yeah, literally the definition of viral. Yeah. Um, so how how did that happen? So what happened was uh, my brother, uh, second uh, fourth brother, he's the Imam of Daruma, Sheikh Ashik. Um, and he works closely with um, a lot of the council people. Um, so to Hamlet's Homes, to Hamlet's Council, he works closely with them. And we have some very good friends in Canary Wharf as well, because I don't know if you know, we've done our 10 year event in Canary Wharf in the mm-hmm. level 39 as well. So Canary Wharf, um, they wanted to do this interfaith event um, to kind of bring communities together and um, kind of have this kind of moment of solidarity in the month of Ramadan. So. They, they literally this this is what happened like I woke up one morning and I, I, I went upstairs to my in my house and my brother was like oh guess what I got a call from the guys in Canary Wharf and they want my other brother Shafiq to do the azan I was like I was like confused like what like what do you mean like do the azan like where like is he in the top is he at the bottom like is he gonna be on a mic like how's it gonna happen because I couldn't imagine because this is a Canary Wharf like well, how's that gonna work out like I was bare confused I was like, okay, cool, safe. He goes, go with him. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I, I'll try. Now, nah, to be honest, like, initially I was like, mm, that's a bit long. I'll, I'll try. I'll try. Let me see what happens tomorrow. I'll try. And then, um, obviously, next day come, and then I like tomorrow. Yeah, I think I'm gonna come with you. And I still wasn't sure at that point if I'm gonna go, because I was like, um, I might have something to do later. But then one of our other friends, um, we call him Abdul Bai, he's a very good friend of ours. And again, he's close friends with these guys as well. He called my brother and he said, listen, you're going to do the Azan tonight. Make sure you take Abid and make sure you get him to record it. 
and also get my other friend Tarek from Picture That, get him to do a drone footage of the actual Canary Wharf because it's going to go green. That's when I was like, all right, cool, this is, sounds serious now. Like before it wasn't like, it wasn't hitting me how big of a thing it was. And even when I was making ways to Canary Wharf, I, I literally put up a snap on my Instagram saying, oh, Samakum guys, I'm just on my way to um, Canary Wharf. My brother's going to do that. Azan. I just put it up. I thought, yeah, it's not that big deal. Yeah. Bro, that, that story in itself got like 400 shares that I didn't even realize. At that point, I didn't know how big this was going to be. So when we got there, we went to the top floor. And then I thought we we're going to do it from the top floor uh, on the level 39 and look, looking down at the view. But then they were like, no, we're going to do it downstairs. So how is that going to work downstairs? But then I didn't realize that they went to do it outside the big view of the, you know, the three buildings. And that kind was absolutely amazing. And then when I went down there, they had a bow speaker set up. They had a proper camera guy. And I was like, wow, this is big. So at that point, I knew like this is this is serious stuff. So what happened was obviously I filmed it. That's what I went there for. And um, literally st straight after it started, I put it up. Um, funny thing was, I'll tell you, I think yeah, <laughs> my brother, he, he's obviously done the design. Like, mm -hmm. and I recorded and I gave it to him. Yeah, I put it on Twitter straight away. It started getting retweets like next level. Yeah, it started going big. And I see my brother put it up on his on his Instagram as an IGTV. And I was like, okay, I put it on uh, Twitter. Why don't I put it on Instagram as well? He put it up before me, like literally half an hour before me. I put it up half an hour after him. I don't know why my one just started like blowing next level. Like I, I checked it within 20 minutes, it had two and a half thousand shares. I was like, what the flip is going on? And it literally went next level viral. Like I think everyone had it on their stories. It went viral on WhatsApp, on TikTok, on Twitter, he even went viral on his Twitter, on his Instagram, it's got like 50,000 views. So he just went next level viral and I think everyone kind of, I think what made it a success and such a huge success is number one, it was at Kennedy Wolf. So that, that's a yeah. massive thing. Like, you know, in the biggest, in, in front of the, one of the most iconic places in the UK, you're performing a Zan. That's, that's a plot twist. That's like people didn't expect that it hit them in the face. But more than that, I think the performance of my brother, like the way he performed it and how perfect it was, I think that had a huge, huge kind of input to how viral this video was because everyone that watched it, everyone that commented on it, they all said that this gave me goosebumps or this made me cry or this. It's, it was the actual voice that made a big difference. Yeah, Alhamdulillah, he's, he's got an amazing voice and he's... He, he's his azan is he's been doing it for a while but no one no one knew that he does the azan so um yeah i, I think and i literally that that day i think i was on 5800 or 6000 and within like three days i got to like 9000 it's, it's gonna continue to go up and, and my brother was like why am i not getting that many followers <laughs> <laughs> he's like why are you getting all the followers obviously the video on my page went viral that's what it was so what was your reaction like after you've Posted. Bro, I, I couldn't believe like it. 253. I couldn't now. believe it. I was like, I didn't know that my Instagram, You'll get my little that. followers, <laughs> can blow this much. I was like, wow. And you see like big bloggers following it and reposting and tagging me. I was like, wow, this is, this is like, I'm not gonna lie. I had a few videos that went viral before. Like it was more related to do with cars and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And I thought they were viral. When I when I when I experienced this, I was like, all right, this is the definition Literally. of viral that's crazy so yeah man i was i was shocked man the power of social media is huge like 
Hundred percent. It can change not only yourself but your, yeah. your business as yeah, well. Yeah, hundred percent. Of course, it has a knock on effect yeah. on Tuna Musk as well. Like for example, like my profile got over sixty five thousand profile visits this week. That's exposure to myself. That's exposure to my business. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and oh, um, I don't know if you saw during Ramadan, um, uh, Channel Four did a, a feature as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had a series called Ramadan in Lockdown. Where kind of they've they've asked us to send content into sh- see how people are spending their Ramadan in lockdown. So they asked me uh, to send in some videos as well. So I got featured in episode two of Channel Four Ramadan in lockdown. Again, that was in itself was another come on Channel Four is it's it's a, it's a national TV. So like that in itself, we got huge exposure. They even showed the sanitizer that we made. So yeah, overall this Ramadan has been big, man. Like exposure wise. It's been huge. You're literally your face is everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Right <laughs> you can't avoid having its face. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's everywhere right now. And my brother's face. <laughs> literally, literally. So um, it's it's so exciting because of I think obviously this is just the start for you. I think you're gonna continue to grow and people yeah. are gonna really kind of yeah. learn to get used to Abid and yeah. kind of grow with you. Yeah. Um, but f- obviously one big part of your personal brand and your Instagram is also your cars. Yeah. Um, and I think um, obviously the intrigue of it, people love seeing it. Yeah. You know, you've got you've got really nice cars, not just you, but your whole yeah. circle of friends yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the things where people get kind of confused is that, okay, if I'm successful, if I'm young, yeah. if I'm doing well for myself, yeah. do I want to enjoy materialistic yeah. things or do I not, right? Yeah. And I think for you, it's more than just materialis- yeah. materialistic things. It's the fact that it's your passion. Yeah. So why don't you let us know a little bit how that kind yeah, of Yeah, to be honest, I've, like, I've always been into cars, man. Like, ever since a young age, I've loved cars. Like, I used to remember when I was like 10 or 12, I used to sit outside my window and we used to play this game with my sister where I, I used to name every single car on the road. Like, there's not a single car that would be on the road that I didn't know. So, like, I used to I used to have that passion from when I was young. And when I went, when I turned 17, on my birthday, I did my theory test. So, that's how eager I was to get on the road. And within a month, I passed my driving test. So, that just goes to show that I was, like, I was, like, serious about, like, driving cars and, like, the whole car thing. So... Yeah, from a young age, I've always been into cars. It's my passion. I love cars. And one day, I, I hope to have a big collection of cars. Not just one car. Maybe have a whole showroom in my house if I can afford it one day, inshallah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the cars are my passion. And I'm not going to lie, I'm a bit of a... I'm a bit of a naughty one on the road, so... <laughs> <laughs> I've got exposed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think that's what... That's what kind of makes it interesting. Because a lot of people do like to see that. And they share that stuff a lot. Because... No, I mean it's quite cool to see because I do make a lot of videos. And the I thing do... is, your car stands out on the road. Yeah, area, exactly. As it is. And I done one one video um, last year that went viral as well, which was I got my sister-in-law to do donuts in my car. No so way. She's she's a girl. She's a female, and for people to see a hijabi female doing donuts, they were like, wow. But yeah, um, <clears throat> I think some of my friends, like a lot of my friends, share that same passion. So we get along quite well. We go like like just after Eid. Obviously, you could, there's not much to do. Again, you've been killing the content. Yeah, we 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 thought you know what? Let's use this time. Let's go visit some nice places. Let's make some car content. We enjoy driving cars. We like creating content. It goes hand in hand. And you know, my boy Tarek, um, he he's sick at making videos. So 
because he's my boy, it helps in it. He's making my Instagram yeah, look lit right now. <laughs> I can't lie. To, I can't lie to you. Without him, like it wouldn't look as lit. But yeah, he's been filming a lot of content for us, so it's sick. And he's he's bought a car himself, so yeah, man. It's it's been a fun time, and inshallah, um, I'm probably gonna keep this car for probably another couple of months, and then let's see. Maybe we might we might we might change might change it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So. We've talked a lot about um, the fun things, yeah. the good things, the success. Um, but obviously, as you know, you know, business is very difficult. Um, and I don't want people to get the wrong image that, you know what, it was so easy. You yeah. kind of got Sonomas yeah. up and running. Yeah. And you, yeah. You're blue and yeah. that was it. You know, you got nice cars yeah. and that's it, right? Yeah. Um, I'm sure, you know, every entrepreneur kind of remembers a few things. Yeah. Obviously, there's hardships every yeah. single day. Yeah. But what would you say was some of the biggest hardships that you overcame? Um, in the process of being to be honest I'll be honest with you bro like we come from a very poor background like um, I was born in Bangladesh my whole family was born in Bangladesh Um, we're from a small village in Zakiganj and my grandfather was was very poor he didn't my my father didn't have enough money to educate himself Um, so us being in this country in this in the UK is a blessing in itself for us because we're open to so many opportunities so for us to be even coming here that was the biggest opportunity for us because if we weren't here we wouldn't be where we were where we were today so alhamdulillah um my father came to this country as an imam um, back in the day so that's where it all started but in terms of a, a journey um again we don't come from a wealthy background a lot of people have their businesses set up by their father or it's a family business that's been running for years no we we literally we're literally the first ones in business we we're, we're, we're starting up for our further generations to come so when we started our business we didn't we didn't have no money so again that goes back to you know we started with 600 pounds so even if we wanted to open a business with five grand or ten grand we couldn't because we just didn't have the money so for us to be able to start that business it was not easy i'll tell you that now like we had to do 12 hour shifts 14 hour shifts go into whitechapel market set it up in the rain in the snow like day after day, my my mother used to be our motivator. Like some days we, my brother used to be like, oh, I can't be asked. Like today's cold, it's snowing, it's raining. She's like, No, go go. Like, and and my mum used to come on Fridays at Juma time, and she used to look after the stall, and she's like, You go pray, I'll look after the stand, and you come back. Wow. So, it's 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 been a difficult journey. I'll be honest with you, and especially from a capital point of view, from from funding, bro. Like we've had times where I had to call up my friend, and I'd be like, Bro. I need to borrow this money of you because we need to we need to do something or we need to pay this invoice or we need to do we need to we need to rescue our business so there's been uh, you know kind of posi- places we've been where we thought whoa like this is scary so every time alhamdulillah we've come out of it and people have helped us along the way and thanks to those people that have supported us and obviously our hard work that we were able to come out of these difficult situations but i'll tell you it's not it's not an easy thing like it's not it's not just oh you know, you come in and you're a boss of yourself. And bro, especially in this COVID period, you saw that we had to go out of our way as owners of the company to try and rescue this business, to try and keep it in place, to try and keep it, save it from becoming insolvent. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? If we didn't do what we did and work these nights and days, we wouldn't be, you know, where we we wouldn't be in business because uh, it came to that period where if we didn't step in and if we didn't make those moves and um, gone out of our way, it would have been a different story for us. So, yeah, I think everyone has to know that as owners of businesses, 
you have to work more than your employee because number one you have to be an example to your employees and number two everyone won't do the same that you would do like everyone wouldn't do things that you would do for your company like if i saw something and i had to come back three times to do it i'd do it but an employee wouldn't have that have that same kind of motivation so it's about it's about having your heart having your passion having your mind having your soul in the business like this this business we take pride in it it's our baby so i guess that's one of the reasons why kind of we done quite well Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, we're now in a generation where, um, especially young people, they think you know being entrepreneur, running a business is the yeah. cool thing. And yeah, obviously it has its advantages, yeah. but you have to work harder no, than anyone. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And it comes with its own challenges. So, for anyone that is in the mindset of, especially during quarantine, you know, they're thinking, okay, I've got this idea, I want to start a business, yeah. or I don't know where to start, or yeah. you know, whatever it may be. Um, what would be some of the key piece of advice that you would give to new entrepreneurs? I would say with COVID, with the whole lockdown, there is a lot of opportunities out there. I mean, there's there is money to be made, and there is opportunities out there. Not maybe in so much in the hospitality or in in retail, but online especially, there is a whole lot of opportunity out there. Because even move forward from COVID, the whole world will be different for at least a year from now. People will have that social distancing aspect somewhat, somewhere. So it's not going to be business back to normal. So there is opportunities online. And I think if you can think of the right product or the right service, I think you can make some serious money. And a lot of people procrastinate and um, think, should I do it? Should I just do it? You got free time now. Like you're doing nothing at home most likely. So why not use that time? Think of a product, think of a service and, and start something like make it your first day. Literally like sometimes things might not always add up. Like, like it happened many times with our business like technically we shouldn't be able to make it happen but alhamdulillah somehow if you put your full effort into it and if you put your 100% into it you can make it happen it will come mm-hmm. so, so it's, that it's having that faith in mm-hmm. yourself and saying you know what I am going to make it happen no matter what happens and it's 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 burning that bridge behind you like no no going back I'm going to make this happen be determined be persistent mm-hmm. and what about those people that have actually tried a business, maybe similar, similarly to your brother, yeah. where they've tried something, yeah. it hasn't worked yeah. out, they've kind of given up now. Yeah. What do you advise them? Well, again, just from my brother's story, you can learn that he's had a, he's had a news agent, he's had a car business, and they, didn't, they weren't very successful. It shows that even though two of them might not work out, the third one might be a big hit. So it's, sometimes, obviously, it's in the hands of Allah, it's a lot of luck, but also, you know, it might not be the right product that you were selling. It might not be the right service. So it's about it's about kind of trying it until it works, man. It's a trial and error. Um, but obviously, there are certain things that you have to put in place. Recipes of success, you want, if you want to say. <laughs> yeah. Like, you need to have a good product. You need to have a good USB. You need to have a good marketing strategy. You need to have... And this is... I'll be honest with you. This is the most important of all. And I think this is a valuable piece of information. It's the people that you have with you. It's your team. Your team will make you, like, literally, if you have dead weight with you, if you have people on your team that are pulling you back saying, oh, we can't do this, oh, we can't do that, oh, this is long, dead. making excuses all the way, you will never get anywhere. But if you have people on your team that say, oh, listen, we want to implement this idea, they're like, all right, cool, let's see, how should we do it? Let's come up with ideas how we can do it, or even better the idea. That's the kind of people you want on your team, and I think it's important to invest in people. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I think your people... 
is what takes your business to the next yeah. level. Yeah. There's only so much you can do. No, 100%. You cannot do it by yourself. And I think one of, I think it's, it's from a Jeff Bezos book. One, um, one thing I read was that he said that the person that you'd, you should hire, it should always be the opposite of you. So if I have a certain amount of skills, I shouldn't go and hire someone that has the same skill. Go and hire someone else that has other skills that, that you don't have. So then at least they, they bring value to the table. They bring value to your company. Mm-hmm. So same, I think that's, same that's actually, very important. Same with um, business partners, actually. Because a yeah. lot of people like they'll DM me and they'll say, you know, I'm thinking of going into partnership with um, yeah. someone and, yeah. and I may not really know them that much yeah. or whatever, whatever. But um, what I always say is exactly what you said. Like, if you've got a business partner, try to get someone that has the skills that yeah. maybe aren't your yeah. greatest strengths because then you won't step yeah. on each other's toes yeah. but also you cover all aspects 100% so if you're a lone soldier in business then it's yeah. your team that you yeah. have to kind of get them to do that well Abid I think it's been um, very very uh, you know inspiring yeah. um, I think a lot of people I think one came. thing we missed actually just yeah go to, for it go for it uh, I'm bold man <laughs> you forgot to mention that I went bold bro and I think that like for me personally that was a huge achievement for me bro I'm not gonna lie to you because in the beginning of Ramadan, we started off and then my, my boy Shafi called me out and he was like, why don't you go bold for charity? You're doing nothing anyway. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, so let's actually go into the story yeah. then. If we're going to tell why yeah, you're bold, yeah. let's go into it. Because people might not have known because yeah, you're wearing yeah, a cap. Yeah. But firstly, he got exposed. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so basically, it was, there was a video of me driving in the A-F-A and I was driving quite fast. And then my, my boy made a funny TikTok about it and said, why does this idiot drive like an idiot? So then he put that on TikTok because you said it in a very funny way. You know, sorry to interrupt. You know when um when I first saw the video, yeah, I thought that he was a troll. Yeah, that, bro. But I didn't realize he was your boy. Message me saying, yeah. bro, look at this guy. He's mocking you, huh, bro? That's my boy. You know, <laughs> like he drives the same way as me. <laughs> so basically, he popped that video on Twitter and he went viral. He went quite viral. And it was on all the meme pages and everyone was saying it to me like, bro, you're getting exposed. You're getting exposed. I'm like, bro, that's my boy. You know. Anyway, that's what happened. And then after that, he was like, he made another TikTok saying, yeah, instead of driving around, cycling around, all of this nonsense, why don't you go bold for charity? So then obviously he put it up on Twitter and TikTok and I couldn't say no to a challenge, you know, it's for a good cause, for my father's uh, legacy. We got a madrasa back home. So we literally said, I think it was like one week into Ramadan, I was like, all right, cool, I'm going to do this, yeah? So we set up our target at £5,000. I said, if we go, if we get £5,000 for charity, I'm going to go bold. Yeah, Alhamdulillah. As soon as we do it, everyone started supporting. Within a week, we we achieved our target. And then I said, you know what? Let's make it bigger than what it is. Let's get my brother Shafiq involved, and I think we can do ten thousand because he's got a lot of good contacts as well. So then we done that. We set our target ten k. Within a few days, we hit ten k. And after that, I don't know how, but it just blew. But guess how much? I'm sure you know. We ended up with the over thirty k. Thirty-two and a half thousand pounds, bro. And our initial target was five thousand pounds. Yeah. That's like seven or eight times the initial target. Like crazy, crazy. And that was a huge achievement for for me in Ramadan. Like for me to be able to manage doing such a good thing and such a large amount. That was a huge achievement for me, man. Mm-hmm. And and it was sick. And then the night before Eid, we went bold. And you know what's what's cool is that um, because obviously this year, like uh, where a lot of people donated the mosques, but yeah. the mosques were closed. Yeah. Um. So obviously they kind of found, I think, inspiration in your story. Yeah. And, you know, it was more than just donating. Yeah. It was like, okay, this is actually cool. It's yeah, funny. yeah. We, yeah, we yeah. want to see yeah, more. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and then, so I think that's that was a that was the other thing was that you actually did it on Eid yeah. as opposed to like that's the time where people want to look fresh. Exactly. Exactly. But you thought, you know what, I'm gonna look bold. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I'm gonna go bold. So. 
Uh, then you literally went live yeah. and you, you, yeah, you, you stuck to your promise. Yeah, it was sick. So why don't you show us? Yeah, that's <laughs> it, man. Look, got a little bit of hair already, yeah. but um, hopefully in a few weeks I can get a haircut again. <laughs> hair was quite important to you, wasn't it? Yeah, it is, man. I, can't, I, can't, I ain't cut it in eight years. Like Last time I cut it was in the Umrah in 2012. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was a big thing. But alhamdulillah, I'm used to it. And the fact that, the reason why I don't mind is... It's thirty-two and a half grand, bro. Like we raise a lot of money. Yeah. It's gonna go very far. Like this money is gonna do a lot of good things. So, what's a little bit of here, man? And then beyond that, you not only raised thirty-two thousand pounds, but then you did the auction as well. Yeah. So that was part of that thirty-two thousand. But yeah. that was that in itself raised six thousand, six and a half thousand pounds. That was crazy. So I remember I was on the line. Yeah, that was sick. Shout out sick uh, Savako as well. So shout out Savako for providing us that. Uh, shout shisha. out Noah Lounge. Noah Lounge, dude. Love Tiger brothers. Bay. Tiger Bay. Yeah, man. They're sick, smashed it, bro. So, obviously, it, it's very clear that, you know, you not only are a great entrepreneur, not only are you a car enthusiast, but you're also a charitable person yeah. and you want to, you know... Not 100%. Only... This is one of our core values as a company as well. Like, we give every month from top line revenue, we give a certain amount to charity. Mm-hmm. So that is, what is top line for people that don't know top line as in like before any expenses so it's not from profits it's not from net income it's from gross like literally from whatever we get Sales, we yeah. give it straight mm-hmm. that's very noble and yeah. I think a lot of people wouldn't have known that yeah alhamdulillah I think it's important mm-hmm. it's probably saved me from a lot of bad things <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. <laughs> so Abid I'm sure obviously like I said you know this is just a start for you in terms yeah. of your personal brand yeah. and obviously it's going to be an interesting year for Sonar yeah. Musk and, and things like that so but what what can people expect from you now um, now that quarantine is almost over what's um, next for I Abid? think again we're going to keep doing what we're doing um, I'm going to try and keep that car content going regular um, I'm going to also try and get on the YouTube thing, maybe give a bit of value back to people in terms of business and any other thing that I can share from my life. Um, and obviously in terms of business, we're going to try and take over take over the fragrance market, inshallah, at some point. Amazing, amazing. So for those of you that um, aren't following Abid already, make sure you go to follow him, support his uh, movement. You're going to see a new car in a couple of months, hopefully. Inshallah, inshallah. If, if, if business goes well. <laughs> So definitely, definitely want Thank you to. for having me, by the way. No, and thank you for course. coming to the office. Of course, of course. And um, for those of you that gained value from this, definitely um, support us, subscribe to the channel. Um, we've got a lot more good content coming. Um, thankfully, Abid was the first one outside of quarantine. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure we'll get some more exciting guests. Um, is there anything else that you want to leave before? No, I think, I think we've covered a lot. Um, what is your Instagram for those people oh, that want to follow? Oh, it's at Kazi Abido for my personal page and at Sunamask. Um, for the business page and if you want to follow my brother who done the Azan it's Kazi MS Rahman as well amazing amazing thank you all for watching and listening